I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast that explores the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) It's super early. We're actually recording on a Friday, which is unusual. Typically, we record the day before. Yes. Um, But I just had a really crazy week. I've been really sick with that um, flu that's happening. Mm, It's a bad flu. came out of nowhere. Like, it really, like, came out of nowhere. Yep. Um, So, it's just been a crazy week. So, we decided... First thing, Crackadon, not the Crackadon. It's not the Crackadon, but it kind of feels like the feels Crackadon like it. right now because I'm typically like a bit more alert <laughs> going into this. I'm like, okay, I have to switch on that part of my brain that works right now. Yeah, we usually don't record at 9 a.m. Yeah, Tip- <laughs> so. not typical. Yeah. Usually you'll hear the clinking of our like cocktails that we're drinking. Right. right. Now it's water and coffee. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, so, do you want to just jump right in? With well, let's do it. Stuff in the news. I think I think that we should. I feel like that's what we do on the mini sounds, okay, right? Great. Yeah. Can we yeah. talk about what's in the news. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Great. That's a good idea. Do Sounds you want good. to start, or do you want me to start? Um, why don't you start? Okay. So I want to talk about the feud between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. I think that this is. I mean, I would think it was kind of hilarious if it wasn't so nefarious. Like, uh, yeah, and if it wasn't, like, feeding into Donald Trump's, like, ha-ha, watch them crumble. Well, feeding into everyone's narrative of that, you know, yeah. because I think that pretty much everyone, definitely everyone on the right and actually a lot of people on the center and a lot of people who have a lot of corporate interests yeah. are very invested 
in watching these two candidates go after each other because they want to split that vote as much as possible. Exactly. And it's so it's upsetting because well, I'm going to get into what the whole thing is, but it's upsetting because these two have been allies and they called each other friends. And And there was they're they're still friends. They are. They are. But there there was a whole um, thing in the beginning of this whole, you know, election campaign where basically the Democrats all signed this, like, agreement, basically, that they were going to support whoever, you know, ends up becoming the nomination and that they were going to be civil and all this kind of stuff. So everything has been fairly civil between the two for some time. And I don't know how this came out, but basically... Elizabeth Warren said that during a 2018 private meeting before the elections started that Bernie Sanders told her that a woman could not win the election. You know, what I heard was that it wasn't even Elizabeth Warren who came out and said that he said that. It was, like, people who heard that she had said that he said that, which is, like, so, like, it's such a telephone kind of situation. Yes. Also, I just don't think that anything that Bernie Sanders has done would lead us to believe that this is in his character. Exactly. So, it's incredibly frustrating. So, the moderator for the debate... (laughs) was horrible. I First remember. of all, she should lose her job. It was very slanted. It was very bizarre how she went about this. It's not good debate skills. So she asks him, you know, this is what came out. Did you say this? And he's like, no, I did not say but this. Plain in no uncertain terms. He said, I absolutely didn't say I didn't say that. Yes. And so then she turns to Elizabeth Warren and asks, how did you feel when he said that a woman couldn't win the election? And it's like, what? What? He, he just said he didn't say that. Just said that he didn't say it. Like, they, my, what I was telling Max last night is I feel like a good way to um, go on to on from questioning there would be to say to Elizabeth Warren, what do you say to those who do say that a woman can't be elected president? Right. Or you can ask her to clarify her own experience. Exactly. Because if that's what she took it as, then you could also say... Um, what did the, what was that conversation like for you? What yeah. did you take from that conversation? Uh, because maybe she did hear it that way. Yeah. What I, if I had to speculate, my, I would I would think that the conversation went something like him telling her that there are practical considerations for a woman running for president. Yes. Which is true because right. there is an inherent misogyny in this country. That's what people are saying. That if he did say it. It would probably be on the terms of saying something like, um, it's unlikely for a woman to be president, which is unfortunate because of, like you said, the um, misogyny in our country. America's sexist. Yeah, and there, there, I read some statistics where it's something like 51% of women want a, a woman president and something like 30 Eight percent of men want a female president in their lifetime. Like even fifty-one percent of women, that is a pretty low percentage of a right. woman to want to see another woman in um, as a president mm-hmm. in their lifetime. Like that's very there's, low. There's a lot of internalized misogyny that yeah. goes on there. And so, like I even I have said, I've said on this very podcast when Elizabeth Warren announced her candidacy that it made me excited because I love her, but mm-hmm. it also made me concerned because there is such a inherent deep in 
you know, kind of misogyny in this yeah. country. Sorry, my brain is mush from the it's okay. sickness. Um, but, I, but because all of that exists already, that it makes me a little bit concerned because there are people who are just so sexist that they won't vote for a woman. I don't think that should stop women from running. Uh, it certainly won't stop me from voting for one. I think this whole idea of electability is really um, stupid mm-hmm. because it's just like if you would elect them, then allow them to continue on. Don't discount someone because you think they're not electable uh, or whatever. But I, I don't, I have a hard time believing that Bernie Sanders was trying to shame Elizabeth Warren out of dropping out of the race or whatever. It, yeah, exactly. And so it goes on. The debate is over. And then they're all kind of, you know, giving each other handshakes, saying good job. And Elizabeth Warren goes over to Bernie Sanders. and She just said something like, you called me a liar on national TV. And they're still mic'd. And Bernie's like, we can talk about this later. We can talk about this later. And she's like, and she wouldn't really let it go. And then there's this guy in the middle who's like, I'm sorry, I don't want to get in the middle of this. I just want to say good job. Good job. Like, yeah, uh, it's super <laughs> awkward. Um, but yeah, and it kind and that moment I feel like spurred most of the controversy around it because it was like the debate was over. You'd think that they would kind of leave it to rest, but she kind of goes on to say, you know, you called me a liar on national TV. And I, I've read multiple articles, some saying that, you know, Bernie handled it very well. He was being very respectful. But then I've also heard articles saying that Elizabeth Warren, like, stood up for misogyny by not shaking his hand and for, um, you know, calling him out on his shit, basically. And I don't really agree with either account. I don't, I, I don't think, either. I don't think it's I, it's creating this whole context of a feud, basically, of one being over the other. There's been some uh, rumors that Bernie has told his um, campaign staff to, like, bash Elizabeth Warren as he's campaigning. And there's all these little things that I've, like, Which, heard through the grapevine. So we can address that as well, because, okay, because you know how much I love Elizabeth Warren. I know. So you, that's why I wanted to talk yeah, to you about this. I'm not sitting here trying to, like, completely you know, defend every single thing that Bernie has, like, said or done. But I do want it to be fair. And for as far as that goes, as far as, like, him telling his staffers to bash Elizabeth Warren, which i Yeah, what I've do heard, you know about that? What There was one group of, like, you know, boots on the ground, people campaigning for Bernie. Right. And he's not in charge of everything that they say, yeah. right, first of all. Secondly, what they did say was if you come across somebody who's like, no, thank you, I'm already voting for Elizabeth Warren, that you can say, Warren's a great choice. She would be my second choice. Here are the differences between their policies and why I would choose Bernie over Elizabeth. Which well, is that not sounds respectful. bashing at all. Like, that is what you would do. Like, your goal is to get people to vote for Bernie. Yeah. And to be quite honest, because of their policies, and their policies are similar in many, yeah. many ways, they you are going to come across a lot of people who want to vote for Elizabeth Warren instead. So what this group of people did was come up with a strategy that, to me, isn't bashing. It's saying, like, good choice. Yeah. I like her. Here's why I like Bernie better. Yeah. You know, and it's impossible to run a campaign without doing that yeah. to some extent. Like, yeah, you, you have can't. To. You can't like play nice all the time. I think you know people I mean? are very scared of Bernie becoming the nominee. Why uh, though? Because it's against corporate interests, right? So, like, right. CNN is not going to go to bat for any candidate <laughs> that wants to 
tax corporations yeah. or tax the rich yeah. because that's not in their best interest. And when you control the media in that way, uh, you control the narrative. And f- since the very beginning, they have kind of been discounting Bernie. Yeah. Even though he's done very well in polls, it doesn't reflect in a lot of headlines. And even now, in this debate... There are so many things that need to be discussed. Yeah. Uh, why aren't we talking about, you know, Biden's record? Why aren't yeah. we talking about Bloomberg? Why aren't we talking about all of these other things that we need to know? Why are we focusing on one conversation that was heard through the grapevine between these two candidates? Because they're trying to bring Bernie down? But both of them, I yeah. think. I think they're trying to bring both of them down, to be honest. Like, uh, because they've been doing fairly well. And yeah. they don't want a super um, left candidate. They yeah. want... A centrist. Yeah, they do. I'm personally a a Bernie gal. I'm not Bernie or bust. I'm not going to do the stupid shit. I'm not anyone or bust. Honestly, no, I'm not at all. I personally would love to see Bernie be the candidate. I would love to see Elizabeth Warren be the candidate. Um, But I'm I'm leaning more toward. Mm-hmm. I've, I've lent more towards Bernie sure. during this process. Um, so, but this was, that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you because there's so much going on. But I, I liked that she was mentioning the track records of herself and Amy Klobuchar, but then also like, cause she was saying like, oh, I've beaten these Republican, you know, powerhouses before. And Bernie's like, so have I. And she's like, when? And he's like, 30 years ago. And she's like, yeah, it's been 30 years. Um, so it was just, it got very catty. And I hope that... Well, it's about time for that to start happening. I mean, we said from the very beginning when we were like, oh, it's so wonderful that no one's bashing each other. Even then, you and I were like, but it will happen. It'll happen. It has to. And especially if they're going to keep pitting each other, like, pitting them against each other this way. Yeah, and I blame CNN a lot for that, too, because I just feel like that moderator was horrible. And I feel like they are stirring the pot on these two to maybe divert Mm -hmm. attention away from... Biden, even Buttigieg. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No one wants to put them under the microscope uh, because they've done some shady shit. And people who are super progressive, uh, people who are super left, the people who would be voting for Biden or uh, Warren, if you... You mean Bernie or Warren? Well, yes. Uh, Bernie (laughs) or or Warren. um, If you were to put any of those candidates, Biden, Buttigieg, Bloomberg, under the microscope uh, too much then super progressive candidates are not going to want to vote for them. Yeah. And they know that. So it's like, we don't want to look into their background too much because it will make them undesirable. I mean, I hope people are doing that on their own. I mean, yeah. that's the thing is that, like, but we a lot can only don't. get so much from debates. And a lot of people don't even watch the debates. I watch the highlights, usually. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have cable. I don't sit and watch the entire debate. But I feel like that's just being a good voter by going through and making sure that your information is fully uh, explored on these candidates. I mean, mm-hmm. I I feel like the audience that we're speaking to right now is very aware, you know, but I will still encourage people to, like, really look into the candidates that you're supporting and make sure that they hold the same values that you do. Right, and there are even, like, quizzes and things you can take online to kind of see where you live. Even if you even if you don't necessarily, like, agree with everything, that the, the way that the quizzes are formatted yeah. and things like that, it's still a good kind of way to get perspective on different, like, um, 
issues and where they fall on issues and where you fall on issues. Is, so, it, a, is it a BuzzFeed quiz? It's not BuzzFeed. It's, it's actually like a, a political quiz. I'll try and find it yeah. uh, and send it to you for sure. That's really cool. I just pictured like a BuzzFeed quiz where it's like, which Disney princess do you most associate I know, yourself with? I know. It's like, which which food item would you most like to have? Like you know what? pizza or ice cream? I'm making a quiz like that. Oh I'm going to make a presidential, like, Democratic candidate quiz I feel based like on your likes. dangerous uh, because people <laughs> will take it seriously and it's like mm, you shouldn't <laughs> no one do people really take those buzzfeed quizzes seriously come on they're like we'll guess your age based on what you wear and i'll That's get like true. i'll get like 80 or i'll get like 10 <laughs> and i'm like okay <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the impeachment trial. So yes. yesterday, the Senate formally opened the impeachment trial on President Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts, he was sworn in and he vowed to act according to the Constitution and laws. And all of the senators swore an oath of impartial justice. Yes. So they all came in and were like, we're not going to be partisan. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I was reading... I was reading a BuzzFeed news article about that and you know they you all you have to write in like a book mm-hmm. like an oath book or whatever and everybody you know four at a time signed this book and I feel like you know by saying this they're like look everybody's going to be impartial and listen to the facts but we know and like we know how like trials work just because of our love for true crime to find an impartial jury is very difficult and when you're having members of Congress be the jury, it's very hard, I feel like, for them to be impartial. Well, yeah, Especially when they're the Republican. S- the Senate. The yeah. Senate, sorry, yes. But it's hard for them to be impartial because they're Republican. Well, yeah, you have the added disadvantage of not having a jury selection. Yeah, right? There exactly. is no jury selection. It's these senators, and right now the Republicans hold the majority in the Senate. Um, something that is a bit... Ugh, I don't want to say that it's a great thing that we should be getting excited about in any way, because I think most of us know that the way that this is going to go. What I will say, though, is that Mitch McConnell, who's the majority leader in the Senate, uh, he initially had said, even before Trump was impeached by Congress, um, he had said that if this were to get to the Senate, he would dismiss it, that they had the numbers and the votes to dismiss it completely without calling any witnesses uh, or essentially not having a trial yeah. at all. That doesn't seem to be the case now. He doesn't look like he has the numbers because um, Lev Parnas, who was an associate of the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, uh, and worked very closely with Donald Trump. He came forward and gave a bunch of like text messages, voicemail messages, other entries that basically pointed directly to Trump knowing that this was illegal uh, or knowing that knowing exactly what he was doing, because basically they've been kind of arguing that Trump didn't really know that what he was doing was Illegal. illegal, right? Or that he wasn't actually asking them to investigate the Bidens, that he was asking for something else. Uh, so Lev Parnas basically came forward with all of this stuff. And since then, Trump has been really trying to distance himself from Lev Parnas. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that creates a seed of doubt. Like, you, do you feel like then the Republicans, there's numbers of them who are starting to uh, doubt there are some basically that came forward and said if there were, I think Susan Collins, who she's always kind of a middle of the rotor. I feel like we are always, she has gotten pats on the back for being like, 
centrist in some ways, yeah. and even we have been like, good job, Susan Collins. Uh, but at the end of the day, she almost always votes along party lines. Yeah. But she likes to vote her, she likes to voice her dissent first. Like, yes. she's like, I don't like this. This is this isn't good, but then she'll kind of vote along party lines. Like yeah. I think she either did vote for Brett Kavanaugh or voted present. I can't remember, but yeah. either way, she didn't have like a strong. Even though she was like, "I'm very disturbed by this whole thing," and then she either voted for to confirm Brett Kavanaugh or she voted present. Yeah, uh, but she has come out and said that if it comes down to a vote as to whether or not to call more witnesses, she would. Uh, vote to call witnesses. Yeah. So what we're seeing is that we may not, it, this may not be as much of a sham trial as we were expecting. Right. In that they may not be able to sweep everything completely 100% under the rug. Yeah. We may actually get to see witnesses called. Um, I know that that is what the minority leader, who is Chuck Schumer, is really, really pushing for. Right. Uh, to allow the American people to at least see these witnesses called. And I know that Mitch McConnell really doesn't want that to happen because if these witnesses are called and it's very clearly, um, it's very clear to us that what has gone on is illegal. Yeah. And then they still vote to acquit him. It doesn't it look looks, very good. It looks real bad. Right. The yeah. optics are, are really, really bad on that. So we will see yeah. what happens there. Um, as of this morning, Trump has hired new members of his defense team because uh, the judge for the impeachment trial, basically they've adjourned until Tuesday and uh -huh. they are serving the president. I think that they have already served the president. Ooh. I think they did that yesterday. They served uh, the president with basically like a subpoena to show up <laughs> in yeah. court. And, oh, that's going to be a fun day. Yes. And gave them until Saturday to respond and then yeah. they'll be back in the trial uh, on Tuesday. And so Trump has hired Ken Starr, who was a prosecutor on the Clinton impeachment, uh -huh. and also Alan Dershowitz, who was a member of O.J. Simpson's defense team. I knew you were going to mention O.J. I was like, he's going to get one of O.J.'s guys. I mean, it's very interesting because it's like two of the biggest things to happen in the 90s, which uh -huh. was like the Clinton impeachment. Uh, and I remember hearing about Ken Starr. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> he was all over yeah, the news. The name definitely sounds familiar to me. Whenever um, Clinton was being impeached. Yeah. And then also to get an O.J. Simpson defense lawyer. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. Meanwhile... Um, Trump was doing what he does and tweeting about it. And I'm actually, there has been some like rumors for a while that Trump is maybe on like some real serious uppers. And I'm like, I think I could see that. Um, I think, I feel like I've heard that for years. Yeah. That he's like on Adderall. Yeah. That's something Max and I mentioned that a lot. We're like, well, uppers have gotten to him. Like he's up in the middle of the night tweeting. He's like, well, and yesterday neurotic and like. Yeah, yesterday during the trial, he tweeted in all caps, I just got impeached for making a perfect phone call. Which, yeah. first of all, you didn't just get impeached. You got no. impeached, like, Weeks a ago. month ago. Yeah. Uh, and the, just the verbiage of that, all caps, I just got impeached for making a perfect, perfect phone, phone call. call, is so strange. It's, like, not how human beings Someone talk. Someone take his phone away, yeah. honestly. Take away the internet for the president, please, because he is ruining his whole life. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll... There's so much more on this. I have, like... Yeah. I have tons and tons of notes, yeah. but really, that's kind of... Those are the highlights of what's happening, just to kind of keep us... 
a little bit abreast exactly. of what's going on. Yeah. I have another trial that I like to speak of, and that is Harvey Weinstein's trial. Oh my god. Uh, that is starting soon. So, from my understanding, they already had the civil case, and now they're doing, like, the criminal trial? Is I that believe what's so, going on? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I love that Gigi Hadid was possibly going to be a juror. Did you hear that? No. She was photographed coming out of the courthouse, and it was said that she was going to be a potential juror. She is not going to be. She's been dropped. Um, she was saying that she was going to be able to, like, remain um, neutral. And no way. The facts. No, there's no way. So a few juries have been selected. Five jurors have been picked. It's three men and two women. Um, and apparently two are African-American, two are white, and one is African-American and Latina. And the judge is saying that the trial is not a referendum on the Me Too movement. It's not a referendum on sexual harassment. It's not a referendum on women's rights. He said there's no controversy about women's rights being a good thing, but that is not the issue here. And I got that from USA Today. It says, the issue is not if you feel strongly about these subjects, but only if those beliefs would prevent you from deciding the facts on the case. You must decide this case on the evidence. But I don't I don't like that he's like, this isn't about the Me Too, and it's like, well... But I, I, I hear what he's saying, yeah. though. I mean, that's true of don't any... Don't let it cloud your judgment. Yeah, that's true yeah. of any case. Like, that's what you're vowing to do when you vow to be impartial, which yeah. is to set aside your own personal, like, whatever you have going on, and look at the facts of the case, and yeah. uh, try and make a um, judgment based on that. Uh, he... Harvey Weinstein, man... It's so gross. It's yeah. like he's been com- showing up to court every day. With a walker. Old and frail. With a walker with tennis balls he's, on the bottom of it. He's pulling a, what is it? It's the guy from The Jinx, right? Who did that? Uh, Robert Durst. Didn't Robert Durst do that shit where Probably. he acted like really old? I can't remember now. I mean, I mean, Cosby definitely did that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just like, who do you think we are, Weinstein? It's like, you sh- you're... A millionaire, a multi-millionaire, yeah, yeah. and you're showing up with tennis balls on the bottom yep. of your like they make oh, things that's for that. His, that's his defense lawyer, where they're like, "Yeah, yeah let's really yuck it up." We you need know? the optics of this, yeah. and it's just like, I'm sorry, you were just photographed shopping like a week ago, yeah. walking around just on your fine. own, yeah. so you're fine. Calm the fuck down. I love that the the judge asked, "Is there anyone here who's heard anything positive about Mr. Weinstein?" And no one raised their hands. I mean, like it's it would be impossible. No one for... has heard anything positive no, about him. It's a piece of fucking no, shit. He, and everyone knew it even whenever he was um even whenever he was famous. Like even whenever he was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. No one ever felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay, so I have one more thing and then I've got a sister solidarity story. Yeah. Uh did you watch the Golden Globes? You did, right? I watched most of it. So Joaquin Phoenix won for the Joker, which yes. he was great in that movie. I haven't seen it, but he, I've heard he was fantastic. He was fantastic. Like, honestly, his he's always kind of that he's kind a of great actor. magnetic actor, yeah. uh, but he was fantastic in that movie. He did win the Golden Globe, and during his speech, what a weird guy. He is such a strange man. Like, I, I he's just awkward. He's just awkward. Yeah. He can't help it. He and Quentin Tarantino are both very awkward. But you know what? I like Joaquin Phoenix better because Quentin Tarantino seems arrogant, whereas Joaquin yeah. Phoenix seems like almost introverted, yeah. like and uncomfortable with being mm-hmm. up there and talking to people. Uh, but basically, his entire speech was about climate change. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't want to stir up any bullshit, but I'm about to start bullshit in here because he, they were playing him off at the very end of his speech, and he was saying like. We don't all need to be coming here in private jets. Like, 
yeah. what are we doing with yeah. the people in this room? We're all showing up in separate limos and then talking about climate change, basically, yeah. you know? Uh, so he was actually arrested earlier this week <gasps> in, Washington, this. in Washington, D.C. for participating in a climate change rally. Oh, yeah. Uh, him, I thought you were going to say something bad. I got no, so scared. No, 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 no. Oh, it's good. good. For participating in a climate change rally. And he uh, and Martin Sheen, the actor Martin Sheen, were mm-hmm. both uh, arrested. This rally had been organized by Jane Fonda. I was going to say, I bet mm-hmm. this is one of Jane Fonda's. Because people get arrested left and right Yes. And that shit. She, like, encourages it. She's like, get arrested well, today, everybody. She's been arrested several times. I know. Yeah. I love her. So it's it's wonderful. Um, so he, he said, I think at this rally, I was trying to see if this was at the rally or at the Golden Globes, where he said, sometimes we wonder what we can do in this fight against climate change. And there is something that you can do today and tomorrow by making a choice about what you consume. There are things I can't avoid. I flew a plane here today, or last night rather, but one thing I can do is change my eating habits. So he did talk. He is um, plant-based, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's completely vegan or vegetarian, uh, but he also praised the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes was completely plant-based yeah. this year. Uh, so, you know, just just kind of cool. Yeah, kind it, of is, a cool thing. it is cool. The Golden Globes were interesting. Ricky Gervais was an interesting choice. <laughs> well, he's hosted like five times. He has. But he I has, have... His opening joke was really awkward. What was it? Now I can't remember where he was saying like... Oh, he was basically shunning the actors for like, you know, you're you're all going to give political speeches tonight if the companies you work for are like corrupt. But and... you know what? I get it. I get why that's annoying. But I'm yeah. also like... There is so I I don't hate it. I don't hate it either. That you it was knock just awkward. <laughs> them down a peg yeah. because it's like there is sometimes the self righteousness that happens. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying like use your platform for good. That's great. You yeah. have it, and I would love for you to be able to speak on things um, that matter. Yeah, that's important. I'd rather you do that than not do that. But there is this self righteousness that happens uh, with these people where it's just like you want to. You want us to believe you're like us, but you're not. Yeah. You're absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) And it is true that, like, (laughs) we're all hypocrites, right? It's just, like, we're all hypocrites, and I don't think that that's terrible to point that out. And, like, he did point out connections with Weinstein in the room. He was just like, all y'all were sitting around with that, like, connections with Epstein. He's like, that's all you. It's not me. I didn't do it. All of you guys did it. So, like... I do like that there is oh, someone... Oh, it was funny, but it was very... Like, when they would pan to the audience, it was just so oh, cringe. Awkward. Everyone was uncomfortable. <laughs> Everyone yeah. was uncomfortable. And he Maybe it's a good thing. He'll never host again, but I'm like, they can afford to be knocked down a peg, okay? Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. What's done is done, and they, they can do that. <laughs> so, we did get a sister solidarity story. Yes. yes that um, I am going to read for you guys today. And this was sent to us through our Facebook, like Facebook direct message. So you Uh can reach us there. You can reach us on Instagram or you can send us an email. Uh, We'll go over all of that in the end, as we always do. Yes. Uh, But this one came to us through Facebook. I met A earlier this year when I was going through a really low point in my life. My ex broke up with me, I reported my rapist to the police, and I really had kind of a mental break. I was incredibly anxious, depressed, and dealing with PTSD and trauma. I met her through a Facebook group for survivors of rape and sexual assault. She saw a lot of my posts about how much I was struggling, and she reached out. She has been such a constant in my life since. We have been through similar trauma and were raised in similar conservative environments, but we also bonded over our love for the office, feminism, Mm. all things glitter, and smashing the patriarchy. Oh my god, I love that. (laughs) She is like a sunflower in a sea of fog. That is the only way I can describe it. 
She shows so much strength and resilience, and she constantly reminds me that it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. I would also like to mention all of the other trauma survivors I have met through friends, Facebook groups, and even in my church small group. I never would have imagined that there were so many of us, and while that makes me incredibly sad, I am also continuously grateful that I do not have to face any of these hard battles alone. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Keegan and Madigan, for this amazing podcast and for being such strong and beautiful people. Ray John. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's oh, so lovely that's so sweet you know that's I love getting these stories me too I we haven't had a sister solidarity in so long and that's something for me that I really experienced for the first time when I was in treatment it really was all about sisterhood and about supporting each other and there is something about finding other people that have had similar um traumas stories, as yeah. you that when you need it they are the best like they are able they understand you in a way that a lot of other people don't they understand your experiences the way your brain works and it's so good to be able to rely on each other as long as it remains healthy as long as you know you're encouraging each other to be um you know healthy and deal with things in the right way those friendships are those that are really life-saving yeah and i also love that she highlighted that they bonded over other things like you know I, i think people have this idea of people who have suffered trauma that when they get together that's kind of like all they do and all yeah. they talked about talk about and it's nice that she's like we bonded over the office we bonded over our love of glitter we bonded over our love of other things yeah um because that's what a true friendship is it's exactly. multi-dimensional yeah. you know and so that's really beautiful yeah thank you so much for writing in to us yeah send us more you guys i want some sister solidarity stories to read we got a great email this week that i think we're gonna save until our motherhood episode in may um, but if you guys want to keep sending us in Sister Solidarity stories, I miss doing those a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can send those through our email at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can direct message us on Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. You can get us on Facebook. We have a business and a group page, and you can direct message us through uh, Facebook as well. On our business page, go ahead and rate and review us if you haven't already. We have a Twitter that we rarely use at Yanf Podcast. Y A N F Podcast. And what else? I'm missing things. Oh, we love it when you rate and review us Mm -hmm. on Apple Podcasts (laughs) as well. So if you haven't done that already, go for it. And also, you can listen to us on Radio Public if you want to. It's a free way for you to listen. It helps us out just a little tiny bit. All right. That's all we got for you today, you guys. With all that being said, we encourage you to to rage on. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.